you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Coming up on Total Access, The Locker Room. They said, hey, Gerald, you know, gee, we got to use one of your lockers. I'm like, man, use one of my lockers? All right, cool. Hey, I'm going to make him pay for this. And then I said, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to tell him he has to pay me rent. We waited an hour for the bait shop guy on our day off to get there, and we bartered with him. Tickets for crickets. He's sitting in my chair. Oh, it's different. My bad. My bad. Not with a towel on. Not with shorts. Oh, he was bare. (laughs) And everything. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson alongside Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick. Coach, what's going down? How we doing today, man? Doing great. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. Today, we're taking a look back at our favorite locker room stories. But before we get to that, Coach, let's give us your favorite locker room. You know, this I'm going to go back to my college days as a coach. And we were on the road, and it was one of those stadiums where our locker room in the tunnels in behind it, they had these uh, nets. Uh, you could tell it was probably the baseball team or whatever came in in the offseason and uh-huh. hitting cages and, ba- you know, uh, pitching cages, stuff like that. And they had these hanging nets. So we're in the locker room and and uh, the head coach, I'm an assistant coach at the time, and the head coach is, is uh, doing this thing. And one of the players says, Coach, we, we got a problem. I go, what's the problem? He says, just, just come with me. He goes, it's our punter. I go, punter, what the hell problem can you have with a punter? A punter, yeah. I go outside and he was practicing his kicking, getting his leg up. He got it caught up in a net. So I walk oh, outside. And there's his our leg or the ball upside down, <laughs> hanging from one of these nets. <laughs> so me and the other player, we're trying to get him up and unhooked and whatever. And you go into coach and you're thinking that was one of those things I never thought I was going to have to deal with. My punter hanging upside down with his foot in a baseball. How game. many times do you think did he tell you how many times he had to kick before it actually got stuck? And, I mean, and how many? And how did he get somebody's attend? And you yeah. got to know he's going. No, don't tell coach. Yeah. Don't coach. Just, you got to get me down, man. Don't tell coach I need help. Oh my goodness. That that might have been one of the one of the good ones of all time. So yeah. coach, now now actually I told my favorite locker room story to Sean O'Hara. Take a listen. 
I don't think I've ever had a chance to to tell my my point. You know, the story from my point of view, Sean. Oh boy, it, it was crazy. Oh you had it out. I gotta air it out, bro. It's our podcast. I gotta air it out on Total Access Podcast. You could feel the tension on the wide receiver corner of the locker room as soon as you walked into the building. You knew something was going on, right? And when I walked into the building, I see Percy like in a in a in a stance, like he's ready to do something to somebody. He's just standing there, and I'm like, oh, oh snap! Oh, what the hell is Percy doing? Why is Percy so fired up, right? So. He comes in. I mean, you, you see the other receivers come in. You see him and Golden and him and Doug Baldwin have a couple of words with each other. But it wasn't it wasn't like they were mad at each other. It was kind of like, oh, they just going to have a conversation. So I go sit down, but I kind of keep my eye over it. I, I hit up Marshawn like, bro, something going on on the outside with the wide receivers. Man, we used to always talk trash about the wide receivers because, you know, they didn't always block them safeties like we wanted them no. to, Sean. You why know they, how we why divas? Exactly, man. You know, they're getting that Russell for not throwing the ball. But anyway, we see them kind of going back and forth. I see Percy turn his back to Golden and then turn real fast. So as he turned real fast to go back at Golden, I stood up because I knew something was about to happen after that. Yeah, the biscuits start, are coming out. Yeah, it's coming out. Boom. He starts swinging on Golden. I'm talking about I had never seen it like that before, dog. Just like he was somebody off the street. He just started swinging on him. So, boom. I, I put uh, Percy in the, in, in the full Nelson, right? Boom. I got him like this. You know, Percy was a, you know, he's a strong guy. But, you know, I'm a fullback at that time. I'm 250. So, I put him up against the wall like, Percy, dog, you got to chill. We're at the damn Super Bowl. Do you understand that? Yeah. We're going to try to win a championship. Chill out, bro. Oh, by the way, Sean, we're taking the photograph that we're going to, you know, give to everybody once we win the Super Bowl. We're about to take that picture. (laughs) You know how it is. You can't get all bloody for the team photo. Exactly. So I'm telling Percy, bro, you got to chill, man. You from VA, you know. Hang, chill out, man. Beat up Golden after we win the Super Bowl, right? So, boom, he said, all right, Mike, I got you. I got you. I, I take five steps toward my locker, Sean. Now, granted, we're changing. So, you know, I just got on just my, you know, my lowers. Let's just say yeah. that. Hopefully y'all ain't in towels. <laughs> no, what about it in just towels? No, what about it just in towels? Before I could get back to my locker, bro, they're fighting again. They're fighting again. Oh, I'm pulling them off. You know, the big defensive lineman yeah. had to pull everybody off. And Percy was so pissed off. because all. And I'm like, Percy. What the hell is the problem, bro? Man, they ain't got to say my name when the media asks them anything about wide receivers. I'm like, bro, you punched them because of that? Are you kidding me? We go out to the we go out to the pitcher, go in and come running out last, big dog, by himself with every coach around him. And so if you look at our team pitcher after the oh, Super man. Bowl, bro, I don't think Golden too happy uh, uh, in, in that picture, man. It was the biggest secret going on before the Super Bowl. Was it and Hey, look, don't, hey, look, Sean, don't tell nobody, right? Don't let anybody know this, okay? He was, it, it did, he did look a little bit oh, glazed. Boy. I ain't saying he had a black eye, but it was just oh. glazed right there. I know Golden gonna beat me up oh, for telling man. this story um, uh, out loud. But after we finished the picture, I mean, literally, we got to the hotel. Pete Carroll pulls me in a closet in a hotel. I, I've never seen this room before in a closet. And he said, Mike, tell me what the hell is going on. Before I could talk, he said, you better fix it. You better fix it. I'm like, hey, I ain't fighting nobody, man. What am I supposed to do, dog? So at the end of the day, 
we had a fight right before we actually went and took on the biggest fight of all of our lives in the Super Bowl, the biggest game ever played. Jared Allen's locker room story also involves a fight, but this one was about turkeys. I'll start from the beginning. It was back when I was in Kansas City, right? So uh, Coach Ramil, who, you know, Coach knows very well. Yeah. Uh, actually, first time I met Coach was in at a training yeah. camp in Kansas City. Right. But uh, we were in, goodness, I think this was my rookie year. I think it was my rookie year. But, you know, first they got all the turkey stuff. So they always do, right? So they always yeah. do that way. But this year, Coach Vermeil, I think it was my rookie or my second year. I can't remember that. But for me, it was honest all week about, about toughness, 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 right? And it was going into uh, – it was it was my rookie year for the turkey thing. That's what it was. So, Kieran Fox, who was our third-round pick, I was the fourth-round pick, he didn't go get his turkeys. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and Vermeil was always honest. And, and anybody knows Coach Vermeil, pecking order is a real deal, right? Like, really? We were allowed – we had each had of our individual uh, player leaders. I, you know, you couldn't go directly to Coach Vermeil. You had to go to your player rep, basically, your player leader. What? He would, he would address things with Coach Vermeil, and that's how information got passed down. So I remember walking by walking by the linebacker room, and Coach Fred Pugage, one of my favorite human beings all the time, <laughs> is literally yelling, Help! <laughs> what? <laughs> because I guess Monty Biesel, he confronted Kieran Fox about the turkey thing, Fox was like, y'all kiss my butt. I'm not doing that crap. Oh, boy. They took his clothes, put it in the cold tub, threw it outside, and the very clothes up. They got into it. He decided that uh, Fisk Cushman sued the father, so they got nose to nose in the linebacker room. Punches started getting thrown. What? Uh, Pug was right in the middle of it. And all <laughs> are you going for some turkeys? People just dragged each other. The old linebacker melee. It was awesome. Meanwhile, Jared Allen's teammate, Adrian Peterson, he told us about how he got out of the way of chairs flying in the locker room. We had practice one day, right? And um, <laughs> I can't think of, I cannot think of the DN name. I was sitting here trying to think of his name, but I, I think he went to Wisconsin and he was like a, a second string uh, defensive end and he played a lot. And I'll never forget this, Chester Taylor he was dealing with a knee injury, you know, but he was out there practicing, grinding it out. And Chess Taylor, uh, it was a padded day, so I think it was like a, a, a Wednesday. Chester chipped him, yeah, on you know on a plate. And I'm talking about when I say he chipped him, he chipped him good. Same arm, same shoulder. Yeah, he put him you down. <laughs> so obviously he felt some type of way about that because you know everyone knew who he was battling with, and you know, so I think he kind of tweaked his knee a little bit, right? So. Fast forward, man. We we get into the locker room. My locker was well, the same side my locker was on. His locker was over there. And also Chester, Ta Chester Taylor locker was over there too, right? So we're sitting over there and everyone just conversing. We're talking, you know, whatever. Out of nowhere, he comes up and he just, bow, squeezes off. <laughs> he what? Still, as long as I'm about something. No way. In the oh, locker wow. room? In the locker room, just pow, steals off on him, right? Uh huh. Everyone just like, whoa! Obviously, we trying to grab him, and Chester at this time, you know, Chester got the big on, he swallowed. Yeah. <laughs> you just see Chester just react like he didn't drop or anything, so you know he had a tough chin. You just see Chester just react. He grabs his chair and he's going at the guy with this with these big old hard chairs. <laughs> he's swinging like he just got up. He's swinging chairs at him in the locker room. Yes, but you know he stole off. He stole off on him though. So <laughs> like you just kind of go to a different mindset with someone. Yeah, you get punched. You know? 
And that was like one of the crazy, I think that was like my second, my second year, 2008. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on? Come down, come down. But I was smart enough to stay out of the way. Now our friend LT starts off reminiscing about being around the guys, but somehow a teammate's hookup gets brought up. So first up, man, you can't come on the show and not tell a locker room story. And I got to preface it by saying this ain't no PG locker room story. I mean, we got to get into some stuff, something that you can't say on Total Access, uh, not even in the production meeting. It's just us. This is us in the locker room talking. Give us a locker room story of behind the scenes or something in your career, brother. Well, before I tell the locker room story, can I say – what I miss, guys, about the locker room. Can I give a quick shout yeah, out to, sure. to um, you know, on Fridays when you when you get when you're going on a road trip and you make the rookies bring Popeyes chicken, and that oh. was a time of of bonding and fellowship Fridays before you went and got yes. on that plane. The rookies go get that Popeyes chicken, man, and you're all sitting there uh, in the locker room eating Popeyes, talking and, and yakking it up, telling lies about what happened <laughs> last night and this third and the other. That's what I miss, man, about the locker room. So shout out to man. I, I miss the locker room. So one particular time, uh, for the sake of this story, guys, I'm going to call this player Paul, okay? I don't want to put nobody out. <laughs> Change the name to protect the innocent. That's right. You know, so, so Paul, one of my teammates, was dating a celebrity in Hollywood, okay? Now, I don't know if he was dating her or they had a little fling going on. Let's call her Sarah, okay? So Sarah, <laughs> Paul and Sarah hooked up, I guess. And so, I mean, that's nothing – that's nothing that's abnormal. It's nothing out of the ordinary, right? Most, you know, professional athletes, sometimes, you know, you run into um, Hollywood celebrities and yeah. you hook up, go have a drink, and then spend the night together. That's a big deal. But in this particular case, this dude came back to the locker room, guys, and he had a piece of her hair with him in, in his locker. He what? In oh. his life, hey, stop lying, man. No, along with a couple <laughs> other things, oh, okay. things, he kept wow. that in his locker as You're a locker piece. Now, no, I'm serious. So, here's my question Was that voluntarily? Did she voluntarily cut a piece of her hair to give it wow. to him, or did he sneak up on her when she? When he was about to hit the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think he snuck up on the dog. I think he snuck up on the dog. Ain't no way no woman gonna be cutting her hair just so you can hang no it in way. your locker room. No, nah, dog. Wow. <laughs> oh, pranks are a staple of the locker room. I've seen my fair share, but Chris Long took it to a whole nother level. When Jeff Fisher came to town, that was, in a lot of ways, it, it revitalized my love for football. We were really bad before Jeff got there. And then we were, like, middling, which was, you know, just <laughs> and we never could get over the hump. But Jeff was a coach that liked to have us work hard but keep things light. So he encouraged the pranks, you know, from we put James Laronitis's truck in the indoor bubble and wrapped it with bubble wrap and put a thousand, a thousand crickets in it. In the well, hold up. Real quick. Where do you get a thousand crickets? Yes. Okay, so where do you go to get that? So this will be. You guys remember William Hayes, right? He was a very yes. good player, yes. underrated uh, inside rusher. He rushed inside on third down and backed me up uh, at defensive end, and we were really tight. So we were always looking for stuff to do, and we usually messed with James because he was really a good Christian, like a real turn the other cheek guy. So when you when you so when we pulled his truck in the indoor one day. Uh, we we wanted to go get some bubble wrap, which is an old trick, you know. Pull the yeah. truck in the indoor. Everybody's done that before. 
we went to the uh, post office to try to get some bubble wrap and some packing peanuts and whatnot. And we heard some crickets in the back and we said, you guys keep crickets at the post office on. And they said, no, there's a bait shop that just got a major ship. We waited an hour for the bait shop guy on our day off to get there. And we bartered with him tickets for crickets. And, uh, <laughs> like that and then, and then, so we went back in there, we put all the crickets in, he, he took his car apart and we got in there, he heard the chirp and he said, what the hell's going on? We got crickets in the car. Turns out the prank went a little too far. The crickets died and he had to sell his Audi. No! The crickets died, the, the crickets oh died inside of the Audi and uh, the smell never went away. If, no. cricket, if you ever had a dead cricket in your house, you have a bunch of dead crickets in your house. They smell terrible. There was another time where the DBs used to mess with us. We were getting ready to play you guys, actually. Mm-hmm. This is funny. So we were one of those Week 17 games where everything, it's like rigged up there. There's yep. light rain. It's 40 degrees. Your defense makes a play in the third quarter. We don't control the weather, brother. We don't control the weather. You guys guys win twelve to seven. You know, like so. So, anyways, we uh, we were getting ready to play that game and to keep things light. The DBs would would bust in our room and throw ice at us, which was stupid. It's the dumbest room to throw ice. We're the richest, most childish room in the building. So, So we took their so we took their cars once we left. I had the tow truck driver bring their cars out into the big field in front of the facility, and I called a carpenter, and I had them build houses around all their trucks. What? And these are houses without doors or windows, and we painted them, and we put windows on them, like painted windows on them. We put mailboxes on them and Christmas lights because around Christmas. So when the trucks pulled around at 3 in the morning on the way back, guys quickly realized their cars were in there, and DBville was the name of the neighborhood, and they had to get chainsaws to get them out. So we – we had fun with pranks. Y'all went stuff. all in, man. Yeah, dude. Hey, you know what? You got to keep a light on on losing teams sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, can't beat ourselves up for seventeen weeks. Crickets might have been Chris Long's prank of choice. For Gerald McCoy, it's all about hustling his teammates. My locker room story is from a vet standpoint. Okay, you understand yeah. when you a vet, coach. You understand when you a vet, you get special privileges. Well, my special <laughs> privileges in Tampa is I had three lockers. Oh. And I called it a three-bedroom apartment. So I had my main <laughs> locker, and then I had my cleats over here, and then I had this locker for whatever. So whenever a new guy would come in, they'd say, hey, Gerald, we probably need to use one of your bedrooms. I'm like, uh. yeah, all right. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, how do I mess with this guy? They already have to take the locker, okay. <laughs> How can I give him a hard time? And I'm so not it was already on your mind. Oh, you yeah, was ready. Was, to, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not even into the rookie hazing, so it wasn't a haze, but I'm a, I'm a, a prankster, so I like to yeah. play pranks. So they said, hey, Gerald, you know, gee, we got to use one of your lockers. I'm like, man, use one of my lockers? All right, cool. Hey, I'm going to make him pay for this. And then I said, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to tell him he has to pay me rent. Oh, no way. (laughs) So I went to him him in, you know, my humble, calm way, but my my vet voice. And I was like, hey, look, man, uh, it's great to have you on the team. Um, You know, I'm sure they informed you that these are my lockers. Well, usually I don't let people use them, but when people do use them, I make them, you know, well, it's kind of, in order for me to get my lockers, you got to pay me rent to be here. So um, at the end of every week, you know, I collect... You know, they can take it out of your check or whatever. This is no the off way. season. No way, bro. This is the off season. Rookies, they're not getting money. No. This is the off no. season. So I took it a step further. Instead of because you know, you hear these stories, he probably was like, nah, I don't know. I actually had a letter typed up 
get went to the GM at the time and had him sign it, it. like <laughs> official letter, and it was delivered to him like you would get a FedEx or a letter from the team. And I'm informing everybody, hey, I've done this. So he's going to the equipment staff. They're like, hey, listen, this guy been doing this all these years. He made these Pro Bowls, man. Hey, this is how it goes in the league. You got, if he say you got to pay him rent, you got to pay him rent. He going to the training staff. Does this? Do I really got? They like, listen, you. I don't know why you keep going to everybody. It's not gonna change. Just pay the man his rent. Oh my goodness. And you'll be able to keep the locker. And he's like going to people like. I don't know. I can't. I can't even pay my own rent. <laughs> you know. What you What you charging? Yeah. yeah what you charging? What were you charging? Oh, uh, twenty five hundred a week. Oh, <laughs> that was more than his apartment. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And, and um, you know, he's like, I heard he called home. Like, man, mom, I don't know. I'm gonna pay like. And I, oh, could, I, I got such a big heart, I couldn't even let it last for more than a day, man. I had to go. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Is, you know, relax. So that that's that's one of my favorite locker room stories, man, because like I put a lot of thought into that. I had to start going to people around the building to make sure everybody was in on it. So nobody was like, man, you ain't got to pay him rent. Gerald McCoy was able to make some rent money, but Steve Smith Sr. had a much different experience at his locker with his Ravens. My first day in Baltimore, I signed and, you know, came back to Charlotte. And so we have a uh, coach, Coach Harbaugh said, hey, I need you here for OTAs because you are, you know, you are a new acquisition. You're the oldest wide receiver. We need you present. I know you don't work out with the team and you do your own thing. You have, you know, I was in my what, 16th or 15th year. So I had my routine. And that was one of the things he said. So I know you said you're going to be here. I'm expecting you to be here on the first day. I said, coach, I'll be there. I'm about to go in my locker and I go in there and there is a dude, Ja, he's offensive lineman. He is sitting on my chair, butt naked. It's the locker room. He's sitting in my chair. Oh, it's different. My bad, my bad. Not with a towel on, not with shorts. Oh, he was bare. <laughs> and everything is sitting on my chair and it's not like a it's a nice comfortable padded chair stoop is leather is it leather it, it's, it's a wooden leather stoop oh. with oh. yeah oh it's sitting in my he chair his juices on there man Every, i don't know if this is prior to the shot <laughs> or after the shot i say hey bro <laughs> get your ass out of my seat man <laughs> oh, oh, oh my bad steve my bad steve I looked at him. I walked right out. Please ask me why did I walk right out? Why did you walk out, Steve? Why? I walked into the tr- I walked into the equipment room, and Ja Locker had to be moved because that was unacceptable on the first day. <laughs> they moved his locker immediately. I got wow. his locker moved around the corner. Suggs and, was on and ordered a new chair. Oh, he took that chair with him. Well, my old teammate Vernon Davis stopped by and spilled the tea about how we all were messing with each other. I'd like to go with 
some of the pranks that we played back in the day uh, when I came in in 2006, right? We there was a lot of uh, hazing going around. I won't get into all that, but the but the pranks. What, one of my favorite pranks is one. I put itching powder in about ten guys' uh, shoes with cleats when oh. they, they went out. Oh, I mean, that boy. was that was a good one because everyone was outside. They were they were taking their cleats off. They couldn't understand what was going on. It was just it was amazing. Was yeah, you, you now, know how did they get you back? back? Yeah, how did they get they, me back? Oh, they got me back. I, I think one. <laughs> well, it was Brandon uh, Brandon Williams. He put a snake in my locker. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it was a snake. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the next year, uh, Vernon, somebody ended up putting Ben Gay or something in Patrick Willis's uh, jock strap, and you know he was a nine on seven, and he couldn't, he just couldn't get himself together. You know what I'm saying, Coach? <laughs> um, some things never. I'm an old man, okay, and I played back and, and being around players. Something, some things never change, right? No, it's the right? same old stuff. Ben it's, Gay it's... and itching powder. <laughs> Another thing that hasn't changed is. Doing whatever it takes to get an advantage in this game. As Steve Mariucci will tell you, spies can come crashing down. We're in the locker room before the game. And guys are getting taped. Some guys are listening to music. You know how that is. Yeah, yeah. Getting ready to go. Getting ready to uh, say the team prayer before you go. And I'm going to give final instructions. All right, let's go. All right, got everybody up. All of a sudden, somebody falls through the ceiling into our locker room. <laughs> <laughs> A guy, boom, and he, you lying. He, he didn't hit the floor. He hit the lockers. Remember those ugly lockers yeah. they had all around there? Like, yes, oh, yes. That's what a lot of teams do. They have really bad visiting locker rooms. Oh, Terrible locker rooms. He he landed on top of the lockers, and I was I was talking. I was being like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I mean, Guy went, he was, oh, sorry. So I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I'd never experienced that before. And I didn't know if he was spying on us <laughs> to what we were saying in New Orleans. Maybe that's what they do. Or he goes, oh, we're just working on some wiring. Coach, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to tell the team not to go get him because they were kind of mad about it too, right? And so, anyway, so he was working on wiring and I just fell through. And he's sticking to it. I think he was listening. Oh, boy. I don't know about that. <laughs> to our game plan and whatever the heck we were doing. I don't know what he's doing. Finally, Brian Baldinger has so many stories. And one of my favorites involves a toupee and Randy White. You remember when you had your your time with the Cowboys, Jay Saldi, you were a tight end. Oh, sure. Yeah, he was a character now. <laughs> he, 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 he's from, you know, he's from New York City. Okay. All yeah. right. Talked like that a New Yorker, it. but he wore a toupee. What? He wore a toupee. <laughs> now, one day, you know, at, you know, over on Forest Avenue, our locker room was, it was about as small as it gets. It was old school. He gets in a, oh. he gets in a, he gets in a post-practice fight with Randy White. That choice. Randy White, Randy White, you know, I mean, he was a trained martial artist and yeah, he, 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 yeah he's the manster, right? So they get in this, <laughs> they get in this fight, right? And it's, it's kind of like we're all kind of around the ring and everything. And Randy picks Jay up and he plants him <laughs> and the toupee falls off. <laughs> so Immediately, like Ron Springs goes and gets some chalk, and, <laughs> and he chalks the body. body. Then he chalks the toupee. Like the toupee had its own chocolate. <laughs> died there as well, That's right there, good. man. That's I mean, pretty good. You know, 
Mike, don't talk about it anymore in the last week, man. Like, yeah, man. It got its own chalking. That's the best thing I've ever heard, man. You got me crying over here, man. We'll have plenty more locker room stories to tell, but that'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access to Locker Room. For more insight with a locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.